podcast is a proud member of the CypherCast Network. Discover more at CypherCast.net and follow us on Twitter at CypherCast.net. Welcome to Incantations, an Invisible Sun podcast. I'm Scott. And I'm Dave. And we'll be your guides along the path of suns. Today we sing, My My Path Takes Me Strange Places, and we'll be discussing the legacy. Join us on the path of suns, and we may uncover a secret or two. When we cast My Path Takes Me Strange Places, we discuss the setting of Invisible Sun. There's one aspect of the setting that we haven't really touched on, and we thought it was time to talk a little bit about the legacy. So there's a bunch of information about the legacy in the books that come with the Black Cube. Um, And we're going to be talking about what's in the key and a little bit about what you can find in, oh, I forget what it is. Is it the gate, the path? The path has most of the setting material. Yeah, it has most of the setting material. Um, just one second while I uh, double check this. It will just take a moment. The path. Yeah, the path is the one that has uh, some more information about it. Um, but the the first bit of information you're going to run into is in the key on page 15. Uh, it has, you know, a little section, about half a page of things that you probably want to know about uh, about the setting coming in as a player, a new player. Uh, and the legacy is one of those things. And um, there are some theories about the legacy and what it is. And the most uh, prevalent theory about what the legacy is, is that it's remnants that and clues that have been left behind by the being that cast the spell at the center of time that created the actuality. And, and that's all on page 15. You can, you can see it there. So this is the, the biggest theory that we have in the books about what the legacy is. And there's a lot of information that goes along with it. There are some other uh, theories about what the legacy could be. Uh, and I'll just briefly mention the, the other one that really seems significant. Uh, there is, uh, I think it's an organization that believes that the legacy, well, that the actuality is a work of art and the legacy is the artist's signature. Uh, and you can find, um, the, oh, how would you pronounce that? Kalmara sodality. That's how I would pronounce it. Um, so the Kalmara sodality holds that belief and they have a maintain or they have a gallery that they maintain, uh, at the Kalmara house. And you could, you could characterize these people as very severe art critics. Uh, so they have another belief. They have another theory about what the legacy is. Um, but we're not going to focus on that one. We're going to focus on the one that gets way more attention in the books, which is there is some sort of being who cast a spell at the center of time, which created the actuality. And the legacy is... Uh, The legacy is a collection of relics and lore and creatures that are scattered throughout the actuality uh, that give you hints as to what, you know, what the actuality is. So, um, relics and lore and creatures. Uh, Let's talk about those a little bit. Um, (laughs) 
the the big creatures that are associated with the legacy would be the angels that you find primarily on the silver sun um and uh there are probably other creatures out there i'm just realizing i didn't dig through to look for spells and stuff but i think we've got plenty to talk about here um so the other parts of the legacy the relics um tend to be protect protective and nurturing or healing in nature and that kind of goes along with what angels are um so this theory suggests that the legacy is a, a, a benevolent sort of creation. And it would suggest that whatever created the actuality um, was a force for good, at least in my view. What, what do you think? I think that's it is what this theory suggests. Um, another way to think about the various theories of the legacy is that there is a pattern that people have observed that it, people have observed the same pattern. So the pattern's shared that there are a particular set of objects, creatures, um, uh, uh, you know, and lore that seems to have a greater resonance with the fundamental nature of the actuality. Where the theories differ is what does this imply about the actuality that there exists these particular objects that have mm -hmm. this resonance? Some would say, oh, well, this is a sign that these objects are connected to the creator. Others would say, oh, well, it, this is... Uh, the just sort of accidental remnants. Uh, it could be it can have any of these theories interpreting why is it that there's these beings like angels, there are these relics, and there is this information that suggests something about a creator. And so the, the debate is over how to interpret the, this pattern of facts. Uh, and uh, you, you can play with it as much or as little as you want in your particular game. Uh, but if you see the pattern of these resonant uh, uh, objects and creatures and the like as being mostly protective and nurturing, then you probably think that the creator is protective and nurturing and that the essence of the actuality is, nur you know, is nurturing. If uh, you could imagine, people would say, oh, well, you just misidentified where the true resonance with actuality is. And there are a, a group of objects that do resonate with the actuality uh, at its fundamental, uh, at, its, at a, some fundamental level, um, but they tend to be destructive and painful, uh, well, then you have a very different view of the creator. And I haven't seen any suggestion that, you know, objects and creatures associated with legacy are destructive in any capacity. Um, there, there are, there is another organization called the, the Abandoned or the Av, uh, and they're people who feel a loss uh, they feel the loss of the creator and they feel abandoned and resentment and depression and anger. Uh, they, they feel like the presence of the legacy is an inadequate and condescending substitute for what the creator left, uh, like the vacuum that the creator has left for them. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not that the legacy is destructive to them. They, they're lashing out at the actuality. They're lashing out at what's left behind. Uh, because they, you know, they feel this resentment that, you know, they they feel it much more sharply because the legacy is here and it represents just how much that they've lost and cannot experience without the creator around. Right. So they see the same remnants and think and interpret it differently. They see the same remnants and say, this is great, but where are you? Mm -hmm. And leaving us all of this 
just emphasizes the absence of the creator. Uh, what I was talking about in terms of like sort of a, a set of objects that resonate with the actuality that are destruct destructive, that's not from the books. That's just yeah. an alternative view of what could be a counterpart to the legacy um, and a kind of a different set of, of facts. But this, the legacy itself refers to this group of objects that seems to have some sort of connection to the fundamental nature of the actuality. And it tends to be protective and nurturing. Uh, and it as associated with angels and uh, so the, yeah, the actuality or the, the legacy tends to be positive, even though some might say this is a sign of how much the creator loves us. And others might look at the same stuff and say, this is just the remnants of an of a creator who abandoned us. Uh, but they can look at the same thing. The, uh, the nature of the objects that the legacy is composed of, does that remind you of anything else that we know about in this setting? Nothing comes immediately to mind. All right. How about the invisible sun and invisible magic? Oh, I can see that. Yeah. So invisible magic is protective. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking oh, for, yeah. Yep. yeah, if you're looking for mage armor, if you're looking for, you know, magical shields, if you're looking for that sort of stuff, like you're turning to the, you know, magic that's uh, the magic of the, the invisible sun itself. And that sounds a lot like what the legacy is. It does. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And, you know, the Invisible Sun is the source of all magic. I mean, that's where all magic flows from. So there might be some sort of connection there between the Legacy and the Invisible Sun. Uh, but if there is one, it's not spelled out in the books. So have, have fun with that. And it could be that the Invisible Sun is the seat for the creator, which is why we don't No one. It's not a place that's on the path. Mm -hmm. It's not a place that people have at least reported going because it is the moment of creation and therefore cannot be visited by creatures in the creation itself. And there is Vizsla, who is the, mm, the warden of the Invisible Sun in a way, but is also basically the source of magic. Right. Which could also just be the, a personification of a process or force. Yeah. I don't think there's any uh, reference into in the books yet of like Vizsla showing up and high-fiving the players or, or well, that would be even better. No, the characters. Um, and uh, so it, it's not clear what or who Vizsla is. Yeah, I don't I don't recall. I'd have to read more about, uh, well, Vizsla to remember exactly what's going on there. But um, so the there, there's an organization that's dedicated to um you know, learning more about the legacy and trying to understand it. And that would be the silent church. Uh, you can find them in the palindrome district, I believe. And their, their, their church is in that district and the church is surrounded by angels, uh, who you can find outside the church who are weeping, but they never enter the church. And there's one little bit in there that I thought was really interesting, which is the forces of legacy of the legacy. They don't seek worship. So, the angels don't want to be worshipped. Uh, instead of that, they value understanding, which, you know, really sort of, I, I think that sort of summarizes, you know, a lot of what Invisible Sun is about, which is uncovering secrets in order to further your understanding of the world. Yeah, this reminded me of two comic books with very similar storylines. Um, there was an arc in the Fantastic Four, and then there was an arc in Supreme, uh, I only, I think I only read the latter uh, for at least for the full arc as uh, so in Alan Moore's run on Supreme, 
where they are, I think something like they're, they're trying to travel to the light and the source of the light or something like this. Again, forgive me. I'm trying to remember a storyline from a comic book I haven't read in probably 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and the conceit was that they ended up going, they, they traveled all the way back deep into the light out of their own universe, kind of like it'd be like traveling to the invisible sun. And when they get there, uh, Jack Kirby stares back at them, basically. Oh, man, really? Uh, <laughs> the creator, for yep. and so in Supreme, the creator was, uh, like the Supreme creator was Jack Kirby for his influence on comic books. And so that was just a kind of a nod to the connection between the real world creator of all of these worlds, many, many worlds at least, um, and uh, how in, the, in, in within the fiction, uh, that person is this creator that stands outside. I think there was something similar in Fantastic, Fantastic Four where also they went to find the source of something to, I think it was to like resurrect Ben Grimm or something along those lines. Um, and uh, they met the creator and it turned out to be, it was drawn to look just like Jack Kirby. Uh, and so th- that's kind of the relationship between the creator and the legacy. The legacy are a bunch of people standing inside the comic book worlds saying there's all this sign that someone created this. And there's some there's various objects and people and the like that seem to c- be connected to this creator. Uh, and so we, we, you could try to use that to try to investigate who is the creator and what is the will of the creator. And we have a couple of things that we can talk about in terms of trying to understand what the legacy is. Like there's the silent church for one. Uh, and then under the silver sun, there's the columned archive. And that's a, that's a grand library where you can find philosophers and scholars if you're really interested in debating the truth of the legacy. Um, also on the Silver Sun, uh, you could go to the Temple Tower of Al-Rustam. And so this building houses the, the first legacy object that had been recovered, which is a, uh, a heptadecagon and an orb at the same time, which is Al-Rustam. And... That's it's the fact that it's an orb kind of ties in with one of the um, fortes that you can take as a character, which is um, like bears an orb or something. And those are Phanadon orbs, which are believed to be part of the legacy. And those orbs, you can find them in caches under the silver sun and under the red sun. You can also find them with the remains of dead creatures under indigo and you can also find them in the riverbeds of the gold sun um which here's a one of the things that you can do with the legacy uh if your players show an interest in trying to figure out what the legacy is about or even if they're interested in treasure hunting or you know doing that kind of stuff um caches of legacy objects uh would be you know, one of the, you know, big treasure chests that you could put out there because legacy objects are powerful objects. There's one very generic sort of legacy object that you could present to your players, which uh, gives them, uh, I believe it's, you know, if when they use this object, they get six Bene that they can split amongst their pools, you know, a temporary boost, um, plus something else. I forget exactly what it is, but it's, you know, a real boon that they can use whenever they want to. Uh, to really, you know, enhance their abilities for a given situation. 
And some of the language is interesting, uh, especially when they talk about the first legacy object to be recovered, because a lot of mm -hmm. the language about the legacy is that this is about a spell that was cast at the center of time. Yeah. Well, if it's cast really in the... dig into that one. <laughs> yeah. If it's at the center, that means the really old stuff is as far away from the center as the really uh, future events. So if something is the first legacy object, it could in fact be older than something that's nearer the center of time. But it's not clear what the center of time means and how it interacts with the timeline itself. Um, though again, using this sort of Jack Kirby reference, uh, it could also be that when someone creates a, writes a comic book, there's a moment of creation and they even define a contemporary point in time for the story to take place, but they're simultaneously planning the future and writing a background. And so that's that that metaphor of the creator as sort of the creator of a, of a narrative is one way that um, you, you can kind of complicate and make all of this very mysterious because uh, all you have to do is say that, well, the, it, since time is, the spell is cast from the center, timelines don't work <laughs> in a simple linear format. Well, it's interesting that you say that when you're you know, creating a narrative, when you're creating a comic book, when you're writing a book, you're building out the future, you're building out the past all from this one moment. And that's that's basically what gets laid out in the path at some point. Like, hey, it's when when this spell to create the actuality was cast, it creates, you know, it created time and time expands from that point into the past and into the future. So it, it is it does sound kind of like, you know, that theory that you're posing here that, hey, we're, we're creating this whole thing and all of time is being created from this one moment. Which makes problematic the notion of the first legacy object, because the first by the timeline of the people inside the actuality m might be older than something closer to the center. Yeah. But it's not even clear what center means. So it is all a mystery and uh, quite intentionally so, I'm sure. And if you're interested in digging into that, if your characters are, then um, there's the legacy for you to start, you know, messing around with. Um, we should probably take a look at uh, spells at some point to see, you know, are there any that are associated with the legacy? Um, we've, I believe we saw a reference to an Invisible Sun spell. So we have, yeah, Conjuration. All right, so there's there there are a few things that are associated with the legacy. There's uh, you know the angelic conjuration. Uh, this is an object of power. It looks like uh, deals with angels. Uh, we've got an invocation which calls upon the legacy. And this helps you <laughs> stop forces of destruction. So you know. There's there's stuff going on with the legacy, and it all has to do with you know protecting things and you know protecting the protecting the actuality. Um, you can also find spells with facets of the legacy, hmm. um, but a lot of it has to do with you know summon or talking to angels, uh, get, you know bringing angels to your aid uh, and boosting your pools and stopping destructive acts and things like that. 
and I believe there's a secret that gives you a, an extra binet when you cast spells with the legacy facet. So this yeah, is an uh, area where players might invest, and that investment is a signal to you that they want to learn more about the legacy. There mm-hmm. aren't, a, aren't a lot of constraints within the game. You can sort of make this up. It is deliberately mysterious for you to fill in for your game. So yeah, um, there's more to, to learn about the legacy, um, and you can, you can dig into it in the key and the path primarily. Um, there might be some more stuff in the secrets of silent, the secrets of silent streets, um, especially since the invisible church is, or the silent church, uh, is in the palindrome district. Uh, so there might be more there to to dig into to get more information about this. I would not be shocked if it is mentioned in the labyrinth as well. The book that hasn't come out yet. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. So, legacy stuff. It's out there. Uh, and there are other things about the legacy that we're not talking about. <laughs> Who knows whether secrets might be hiding in that black cube. This ends our walk. Maybe you discovered something today. Maybe you need to look closer. The music was titled Beyond from Wes Otis and Plate Mail Games. It is available from DriveThruRPG. Invisible Sun is the intellectual property of Monty Cook Games. You can find a link to their website in the show notes. You can find our blog at incantationspodcast.blogspot.com or email us at incantationspodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at Agonseer, that's at A-G-O-N-S-E-E-R on Twitter. And you can find me at Tex underscore Red on Twitter. So please leave us a rating and a review on iTunes uh, or whichever uh, podcast app you are using. Uh, It really helps us out. Uh, We also like seeing ratings and reviews, whether they're good or bad. Uh, Or else just tell a friend about the show. That's another great way to get the word out and help people find us.